wasn't sure what was going on with uh, Mikey coming onto the podcast. And then he turns into this kind of whiny man-child. I've lost my space on the Theme Park Leapy podcast. This is it. Forget about talking about Flamingo, man. Forget about that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I don't know if I've been told to not say this out loud or not. Your fake Yorkshire accent is less Yorkshire than you are. <laughs> so you just have to constantly <laughs> keep sipping your tea and there's a tea instead of... <laughs> chambers where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls this is the theme park loopy podcast Hi everyone and welcome back to the Theme Park Loopy podcast. Uh, we've not been around since uh, February, I think was our last episode, uh, but we've been really busy. We've had uh, Sam has been away uh, over in America and we've had Brett has been up to something that he's going to talk about a little bit later. You'll be uh, very interested in that. It involves cameras and, and ghosts and possibly Derek Acora. Um, I can't confirm or deny. And we're also joined by a friend of the show, Dan, who's one of our contributors and has taken part in some of our live streams in the past and uh, very much a a friend of the Theme Park Loopy uh, podcast. So, hi everyone, how are you doing? Yeah, all good, thanks. Good. What have you been up to, Dan, lately? Keep keep us up to date on what you've you've been up to, because I don't think um, the listeners have probably heard from you for a while, because I think we last had you... We had did we, I think we had you on an episode talking about um talking about your trip to Disneyland Paris that I don't think actually happened in the Yeah, end. COVID absolutely killed that. So yeah, I've not been to a theme park in, in ages. I think I went um to um ooh, what was the last theme park I actually went to? I've been to Blackpool uh last year, which was nice. It was a nice little escape from uh, from COVID lockdown. Uh but otherwise I've not really been up to much. Um, I flew over Flamingoland the other day, which was nice. Yeah, no, that was really interesting. I saw, I saw your footage that you were flying over Flamingoland. Was it was it open at the time, or was it was it closed? Did you did you see any activity down? Yeah, on the well, it was open. It was nice to see actually. Um, it's it's r- readily um, identifiable from the air. So I think I posted a pic uh, to our little little Facebook group, and it was gotten within what like three seconds of it being posted. Uh, it's, it's a nice little theme park to see from above, and I see that the uh, the new ro- roller coaster is uh, well. It looks almost ready to go. I'm not sure. Is it is it is that online yet, uh, now? No, it's it's due to open in in the summer. Uh, but usually, Flamingoland tend to open roller coasters like June, July. That tends to be the usual thing. Um, so we'll see. But when that does open, then I think Dan, I think that will merit a, a trip out. And the good thing is that Flamingoland, you can use your GoPro. So, so you can get your GoPro out again, and we can uh, maybe get a bit of footage on the uh, inversion, uh, which I think I think is what it's going to be called. But I don't know. Amazing! Um, yeah, it sounds like a good time. It's a good time. It's a good time. Um, Brett, what have you been up to? 
Hi, it's nice to be back again. I've been up to all sorts recently. Uh, had a bit of a job change. Uh, obviously, I design scare attractions, but I work in bars and stuff. That's my normal day-to-day -day job until all of a sudden my day-to-day -day job has become running an overnight haunted hotel, which I still haven't quite worked out how to write on my CV yet. So, so the haunted hotel is called My Haunted Hotel. So is that from the angle that are you saying to the customer that it's your haunted hotel or is it, is it... So is it your haunted hotel, um, Brett, or when the customer arrives, it does it become their haunted hotel? Like, what angle are we going with on that? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. It is, yeah, it becomes your haunted hotel when you come here. Um, if anyone's ever done a ghost hunt before, they'll kind of get the idea of being in a big group of 20 to 40 people and you go around and you follow a group of people that kind of conduct the investigation and you sort of just observe, really. Um, we went out of our way to change all of that. You are pretty much alone in this haunted hotel. Um, if you do ever see other people, um, it's for specific reasons and investigations around the building. And you get to spend the whole night there in a completely unique experience that hasn't been done before. So it's been a bit of a journey because we've kind of created a new form of entertainment alongside it. But it's been really interesting, and it's it's cool to to say that that's my job, is uh, making sure that people go down into a cellar alone to do a ghost hunt. And it's funny because on a previous episode, I think we might have a, a quote where you say, ghosts aren't real. But every time I watch one of your CCT, CCTV footage films... Uh, of you like decorating a room or something and then you getting scared by something unknown. Uh, are, you, are you starting to believe that ghosts are real or are we, are we still saying that they're not? I'm still very sceptical and I think everyone should be, but that does not mean that I'm still not a wuss. So <laughs> um, regardless if it's the a ghost or the wind, I'm still running. But yeah, I have now seen things I genuinely can't explain. So so who knows? Uh, talk to me again in a month and I might be, wow, 100% go surreal. But... And and has Derek Okora come after you yet? Uh, no, no, not in uh, any physical form or spiritual form because I believe he's not alive anymore. Well, that's, that's the point. I mean, he's not alive anymore. So is he spending his time in his haunted hotel in Chester? Funnily enough, we did have... A spirit comes through um, called Derek last week. Oh, there you go. Um, and obviously we all jumped to the conclusion that this is obviously Derek Akura and there's never been any other Derek that's ever possibly existed. Obviously. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, uh, you, hear, you heard it here first. Derek Akura has, has now visited the hotel. There you go. That, that's, <laughs> and that could be a, a Sun, Sun News article, maybe. Derek Akura haunts Chester Hotel scares Brett to his wits end, maybe sues him from beyond the grave for defamation of a ghost. I don't know. Something like that, maybe. Quite Wrong headline. <laughs> I I think it I, I think it you know it gets the point over though, doesn't it? You know, let's let's go with that. Sam, are you back? W when was the last time you were with us? Hello. How are you? Um yeah, uh, I'm back. I Gosh, well, I went away in 
September last year, I went back to the States uh, to continue some work. So I was away, yeah, for, I've been away now for almost six, seven months. So I've, I've not been, not been able to, to be involved that much. And I haven't really been able to do Coast Sandbog or anything like that. So it's lovely to be back and to be uh, chatting theme parks again. Although I did, wasn't sure what was going on with uh, Mikey coming onto the podcast. He did, he did a great job though, but uh, no, I'm quite, I'm quite happy to be back. I must say I got a bit, got a bit threatened than I did, Ryan, got a bit threatened. Did you feel like it encroached into your personal space, your podcast I, space? I, I did a bit, you know what I mean? Because it's, there's nothing you can do when you're that far away, you know, around the world. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I've, I've lost my space on the Theme Park Leapy podcast. This is it. Forget about talking about Flamingo Land. Forget about Blackpool. <laughs> Whatever, if there is the bigger one, I don't know. We're never going to be able to discuss it. Valhalla, great. So what, I'm supposed to just go on the ride on Valhalla and not be able to talk about it or debrief afterwards? No, so it's lovely to be back. It's good. It's good. And uh, welcome our new guest host, Mikey. How are you doing? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's he's not here today. No, Can you not, imagine? No, Mikey did do a great job, and he, he yeah. um, as, as I, I've been messaging him earlier, and he's going to be uh, going to be joining us again in the near future. So oh. on your best behaviour. Hey, hey, no, absolutely no. He was he was awesome. He did a, he did a good job. Um, so yeah, yeah. Welcome with open arms, must say. Can I take a poll while you're all on? Although Charlie's not here, but I'm going to take a poll. Did you all enjoy your Christmas present from me? Because I feel like Dan didn't enjoy I, it as much. I, I hate you, uh, increasingly <laughs> over time. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was great. I'm just glad I opened it in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Dan, um, so how long did it take you to sort of get the glitter out of all your, like, carpets? Carpets, yeah. Still finding bits. I hate you. I, there will be a time that you will live to regret that, that life choice. <laughs> We've just got to wait till next Christmas. We've got to go even bigger and even better, don't we? You know. Right, okay, so um, so you probably noticed that we're just going to have a bit more of a, of a relaxed episode again today. Uh, we've got loads more topics that we want to do in the future, but we thought, you know, seeing as we've all we've all been away for so long, well, it kind of feels like so long, but we did do an ep- we did do a few episodes in February. But I think with Sam, I think it's, you know, we, we're talking, I think it was June, last June, I think, Sam, you, you joined us. So it's been quite a long time now. So we've got to get back into his rhythm. Yeah, I mean, so to the... think... Oh, sorry, go on. Sorry. Go sorry. on, go on. <laughs> still, it's still fresh, still fresh. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think this, all this started... When did we actually start Theme Park? Well, I mean, you've been doing Theme Park and Leapy for ages, but when did it become a thing? Because we were talking about this the other day, or Brett and I were, and we couldn't remember what the starting point was for everyone coming together that first podcast when we all came together and how that even came about because i feel like this this has been going on now since 2020 right so it's been two years almost now in total over uh, over time yeah so the the podcast itself started in 2020 and we didn't actually get together on audio first though we did it live over facebook and that was during the pandemic, and I feel like it would have been around August that year, twenty twenty, something like that. 
So I think we, we were discussing everything in like 2019, though, weren't we? Because it was it was in a chat discussion when when I was in Florida. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I think we were. I think we were just chatting then. Though I think Dan. I don't know if Sam and Brett were in then. I think maybe. I'm not sure because I think I met Sam when I'd started doing the audio podcast because I invited Sam to come on to an episode. And then it was later that we did the the live stream. And then we had you. uh, I think it was originally, I think it was Sam, Dan and uh, Charlie. Then I think Brett came in later because I think we, I think in the next live stream, we decided to do one about Alton Tower. So we invited Brett and then he just never left. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still here. I'm not entirely sure what I'm doing, but I'm here. <laughs> well, I think it was funny because um, I think the original idea with the live streams was that we'd probably have, you know, different people on all the time. But it was it was it was obvious from the first time we did it that I think it I think it kind of clicked and, and worked and, and people kind of enjoyed it, didn't they? And um, so it didn't really make sense to, you know, keep changing it then, did it? You know, at that point. So I think, uh, but then I think we, I think I started this audio podcast. Maybe, yeah, I started this audio podcast in April twenty twenty. That's when it first started. But it wasn't until later that year that I think we all sort of came together. So when it became a thing, I think was probably, I'd, I'd say like August twenty twenty. I think is what I'd go with. So that can be our uh, our friend anniversary. Is that the that's the uh, the the friend anniversary date of uh, of the Theme Park Leapy podcast? That's 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 what it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Expect cards. Expect cards this year then, and Everyone. glitter bombs. And glitter <laughs> bombs. I'm, I'm going to send a present to celebrate. <laughs> Perfect. Only to Ryan. <laughs> yeah, only to, only send glitter bombs to me. Right, okay, so moving on to uh, the first topic today is that we wanted to talk about the Galactic Star Cruiser, which has been cruising its way into Disney World over in Florida. The Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, is is that the name of it? I think I feel like I've, I've not given it its full title, but you know what, you know what I mean. Um, it's been open since uh, March, so it opened last month, open to... Initially, lots of influencers and and vloggers, you know, people like Tim Tracker and people like that, and the Diz, they all went in. I've seen quite a few videos now of the overall experience, and basically what it is, is it's a two-night experience. I I don't know if I'd... It's definitely not a three-day experience, and I'm not sure I would even call it a two-day experience, because on the first day... I don't think you actually get onto the Star Cruiser until like the afternoon, maybe early afternoon. So you've kind of got that afternoon, the evening, you're staying overnight, and then you've got the day during the day where you'll go to Batu, which is uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge over at Hollywood Studios in Florida. And then uh, you come back to the Star Cruiser and uh, you get involved in different storylines. And also I think they're calling them uh, surprising events that happen uh, during your cruise. And so it's kind of like a bit of a mishmash. It's kind of, it's an immersive experience where 
you you you're on board this star cruiser you know you you, you you've got uh there's windows but it's, it doesn't show the outside it actually shows space uh your journey begins by you know being taken on a on a shuttle you know up to the halcyon which is the name of of the cruiser you're welcomed aboard the halcyon i think a lucky family gets chosen to put the halcyon into hyperspace from looking at the videos it goes into hyperspace quite a lot so so i think i think you get lots of opportunities to potentially take it into hyperspace there's an experience where you can go onto the bridge and then something happens and you have to kind of use all the weapons and things like that also you'll get you'll get a spoiler alert uh by the way you'll get boarded by Kylo Ren's uh, lieutenant, I think he's like a lieutenant, comes on board with a couple of stormtroopers, and then you've got the choice then to either you can have a go with the the um, with the force, or you can go to the dark side, and you can kind of team up with the lieutenant and his stormtroopers, or you can be be a force for good. So it seems like there isn't just one storyline i think almost you can create your own kind of sort of nuanced storyline depending on how involved you want to be i think you could go on the halcyon and just kind of watch everything but i think if you were doing that i don't think you'd really get your money's worth i mean and that's where the controversial part comes into it you know this isn't a cheap experience i think the diz when they reviewed it uh well they didn't review it initially they normally say well if we get invited then we don't review it so what the diz said is will tell you what we think it was worth and i think the figure that they came up with was for the the whole experience around about two thousand two and a half thousand dollars so that's about what like eighteen hundred pounds something like that um however the actual cost is more like you know five to to six thousand pounds uh well thousand dollars so that's quite a big um yeah, that's quite a big difference in terms of expectations uh, versus you know what was delivered versus the cost. So, have you have you guys seen um, some videos around the Galactic Star Cruiser? Have you got any kind of opinions around the experience? And you know, what's your opinion on the cost? Do you think is it it's a one off, potentially once in a lifetime experience? So let's just pay the money or do you think there's just no way that you could justify spending that kind of money to you know do something for for two nights over at disney world it's it's a tough one isn't it and i think part of the problem is that you'd need to do the experience to understand its value um and the, the one thought i have is that people who who do this uh, are probably going to be fans of star wars and they're probably going to be you know older people who have kids or, or relatives that they want to go with and those kind of people are more likely to want like a classic Star Wars experience and it sort of makes me think that had they just gone for a theme off the original trilogy it, it may have appealed more to, to me and sort of my demographic um, the, the newer films don't, don't get me as excited uh, I might just be alone in that though I'm not going to speak for everyone Here's where <clears throat> I'm coming at it because this is something that I I don't understand when it comes to the pricing point. I understand it. It is a luxury premium experience. I understand that it's more high-tech and more immersive than Disney have ever done because you're essentially combining like an immersive theatre and hotel experience into one, which 
there hasn't been a lot of. And then when you think about the high spec of the characters and all the kind of dinner shows and everything that's kind of all wrapped in to make this, to make it a fully enveloping environment and experience, I can, I can understand that it's fantastic for a Star Wars fan. The only thing that I struggle to justify is, is for the price that you pay for two days, for this two day experience, which I'm sure, you know, no, no disrespect, I'm sure is, is good for, for it. But for the price that you pay, you could literally go to Disney World and do everything else for almost two weeks at Disney World for the price of two days at the Star Wars um, immersive uh, Star Cruiser. So that's what I kind of, I, I would be on the weighing scales like, Yes, you can be a Star Wars fan, but what would you rather do? Two weeks at Disney World where you can still get, you know, you can still go to Galaxy's Edge. You can still do Rise of the Resistance. You can still um, have a Ronto wrap. You can still get the kind of immersive side of Star Wars, um, but you just won't stay in the hotel. But you can have two weeks at Disney World and have a proper vacation. Or would you do it? Or would you pay all that money for two days? But I guess it just depends, as you were saying, Dan, I agree with your point. I think it depends on how much of a Star Wars fanatic you are and if your um f fanaticism or your fandom that's the right word if your fandom is so strong that actually money isn't an object and it doesn't matter what you pay because this is your ultimate fantasy you know then then i could understand that you would pay it i miss my ronto raps those were good they are they are so so good and they came out so fast i mean i was there in march and we didn't um we didn't wait at all we literally ordered it and um the only thing that made me a bit feel a bit ill which i didn't realize was what it was is they have um uh, that the rontos are the kind of fictional i guess pig-like creatures that they have on a spit roast that are robots turning around on a spit roast and i didn't realize quite how graphic or realistic that was going to be i mean i know it's a fictional beast that they're roasting but um it's really quite realistic so as we were queuing up i looked up and i saw this like spit roasting animal and i was unfortunately at the end where the where the face is where like the spear's going through the through the face and it actually made me feel really sick and i was like oh i don't know if i can eat this now because i know it's like pork or whatever is inside it i can't it's like a hot dog but I was just, I made me feel really, really queasy. So um, if you're squeamish, as you're joining that line in Disney World, in Galaxy's Edge, maybe don't look at the spit roasting animals. <laughs> Sorry, you'd, I, I was going to say something, but I got sidetracked by the last thing Sam said, because um, <laughs> I'm a child. The price point, when Ryan, you said it was around $2,000 or something. I almost butted in and went, whoa, that's loads. And then you actually said that it was more than that, uh, which is quite a lot of money. If you can get two weeks in Orlando for that and go to multiple parks um, and, like Sam said, experience Galaxy's Edge, which is already massively immersive for a Star Wars fan, then I probably wouldn't even think twice about that decision. Yeah, I think this is one of these... One of these things with Galaxy's Edge is, I think, and I, and this is the difference between a UK guest who probably someone who lives over there and goes to the parks all the time and, you know, vlogs the parks all the time. 
There is an argument that Galaxy's Edge isn't as immersive as it could have been. But I think it's one of those things that if you kind of go there all the time, then it, it's probably not going to feel that immersive. But I bet the first time or the first couple of times that somebody went, it probably did feel quite immersive. And and you thought you're like, oh, they see, you know, Millennium Falcon over over there. And, you know, it's probably, you know, see, see Batu for the first time and all that kind of stuff. Um, so for like your average UK guest who's going over there, you know, once every couple of years or maybe only only once in total you know it probably already is a very impressive experience just to go to galaxy's edge and you know ride on rise of the resistance for the example uh, for example um but for the, for the this is this is the question you know who is it for because it's like dan says so i mean me and dan are similar age we went to university together um you know so I you know probably the original the original trilogy were probably too young for that in a way because we would have been it, it wouldn't have come out when we were kids we weren't alive when it first came out. However, when when you know we've rewatched it on VHS or when they did the remasters, you know, in in the nineties, etc. You know, we all kind of got into the original the original trilogy, and so we're now of an age where. You know, we're old enough to have, you know, families, have a bit of spare cash now, you know, because we've been in work for, you know, a number of years now. You know, we're not just starting out. You would think that we would be the ideal target market for that. Um, however, they've decided to use the the sort of new trilogy. And, and the, what's really annoying about the new trilogy is I think actually they started out really good. Uh, however, it just they just became kind of almost nonsensical <laughs> towards the end. And by the time I watched the third one, I was just like, "What is what's going on? Why why is, why is that happened? It makes no sense at all." Uh, like Kylo Ren is a good example. You know, um, it started off as a very I I thought, "Oh, this is quite an interesting character," and then he turns into this kind of whiny man child. And I'm like, <laughs> well, why have you ruined it? <laughs> it's like, it's like, why do that? You know, Darth, you know, uh, Darth Vader. You know, he doesn't take off his mask in a rage, and he's like, oh, come on, guys, what's going on? You know, I'm gonna cry about everything. You know, if it doesn't go my way. You know, that's Kylo Ren, like halfway through, like the first film or something. I'm like, oh my god, so. I just wonder, you know, so I can only imagine who it's for is there's uh, presumably younger kids, maybe teenagers now who, for whatever reason, really enjoy the new trilogy. And therefore, is it pester power to get the parents to take them? But and the parents are like potentially, you know, my age or a bit older, I guess, because we'd, we'd be too young to have teenagers. But we'd we'd have like a vague interest in star wars but however the question is would i pay six thousand dollars to go somewhere that doesn't actually represent my memories of the series and it's actually represents the memories of my you know small child and if i said to that small child okay so we can go to the Galactic Star Cruiser for for two nights, 
Or we can go to Disney World and Universal for two weeks and do everything uh, in all the parks. Which would you prefer? And you think, unless the child was really, really, really into Star Wars, then they're going to choose the latter, aren't they? Surely. Um, and I think that's been borne out in when you look at, you know, the booking levels. You know, um, initially it was booked out solid for three months. Now it's very much available. I think if you wanted to go, you know, next week, you'd probably be able to uh, get in, which is incredible for something that's only just been built. So expensive, you know, supposed to be so immersive, but it's clearly not not pulling the crowds in. Um, so I feel like I've gone on a bit of a sidetrack there. I think maybe I, I had my Phantom Menace moment there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has any similar sentiments uh, to that. It's very clear from the videos I've seen that the content of the immersive experiences within the hotel do appear to be aimed at a younger audience. But like you said, the really big Star Wars fans that know and love Star Wars as it was originally intended are now past their 30s. So it is strange to me that there's this whole Kylo Ren being an angsty teenager and and and, and it does seem to me like Disney have gone, oh, let's do something for the kids, when in fact it's six grand of what the adults should want. It, it seems it does seem a little bit off to me, but um, I am shocked that it's not selling out anyway, because it seems to be the case that normally when Disney do something very exclusive and expensive, people just pay it anyway. And I'm kind of glad that that might not be the case with everything they do you know maybe they didn't quite hit the mark on this one yeah i think um i think they are gonna have to potentially lower the price as that initial buzz um sort of diffuses a little bit in time um and as even if i i have you know i've, I've got a couple of kids even if one of them pestered me like mad for a year to go to uh you know on, on the star cruiser experience I, I, you know, thinking rationally, there's absolutely no way I'd agree to that uh, at that price. Um, it would, it would have to be a, you know, a, a two-week trip to Disney and Universal. That there is no other choice. Uh, the only way that I would, I would go for that experience right now is if I suddenly found myself rolling in in a vast amount of money. Um, you know, that 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 would be the only way to get me on that experience. Although, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I probably probably really enjoy it. Still, it's it seems like a bit of a shame. I'm just having a look now. It seems that there is availability. There's limited availability in June and July. However, the whole of August is pretty much free. The whole of September, yeah, it's there's it's not booked out at all. Um, and it's interesting because I've had a little look here, and it seems to be that for two guests per cabin uh it's four thousand eight hundred and nine dollars for the voyage um now if you add children into that let's say you did two adults and one child let's say i mean that even bumps it up to five thousand two hundred ninety nine for a voyage and the voyage is uh two days so it's um and it's interesting because it seems to be that um this is the similar kind of cabin size they call it a standard cabin seems to be a very similar size to uh a um to what you would find on one of the disney cruise ships 
uh, and also they seem to be using similar technology to again to what is on the Disney cruise ships which is um, a virtual porthole which is where they just essentially have like a live stream of the uh, like the, the view from the bridge um, and then it kind of plays through the window like a video screen that they have like little animations that pop up and pop around I would imagine that the screen looking into or the sorry the um, the window looking into space is essentially uh, like a like, a, like a, a video wall that plays behind the um, the glass and how and so to create that effect which is a great effect but essentially you're sleeping in a windowless cabin um, which you paid a lot of money to be in and um, you're having a morning or an afternoon in Galaxy's Edge and your food and beverage is included but your meal out at Galaxy's Edge is um, quick service so it's in uh, Docking Bay 7 or um, yeah in fact it is just and there's a few other places <clears throat> other than that you get a you get a magic band and some va and valley parking and obviously you get the shows and you get the, the experience but even i don't know to me again like five almost for for two adults and and a child you know five and a, almost five and a half grand that is a that's a serious in, you know investment almost um i think i think it just limits it so much and and for and for no, I don't want to rant, but what what is like what hotel is worth five and a half k? I mean, are you staying at Buckingham Palace? You know what I mean? I mean, I just it's just a staggering. I just could never fathom it. But by contrast, Sam, how uh, how much is a, a Disney cruise? Let me see. Now, if I was just to go on a <laughs> on a rough estimate here, uh, a Disney cruise, I would imagine, is going to set you back about three to four k depending on when you cruise in fact let me have a look at some up-to-date prices just just to see um let me see rough, uh, rough between the two i mean instantly that sounds like the more appealing choice yeah and and also you get <clears throat> i mean obviously you know i'm not biased at all um you know with, with disney cruise line you get you get a, a very similar experience but you get for four days plus you travel and you and you you get all of your dining included you get okay you don't get your alcoholic beverages but you get everything as a whole package and your excursions and you're still getting that exclusive bespoke disney uh you know signature experience it is part of uh, disney's signature brand um but you just get a bit more for lack of a better expression a bit more bang for your buck and uh i just feel two days on on the star cruiser is um I mean, I've not done it, so I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say. But I just can't imagine that it, that it really. I just, your expectation has got to be so high for five and a half k. Like my expectation would be through the roof. And if if it was like a couple of k for a couple of nights for me and the kids, I'd you know at that price point, I'd I'd definitely be up for that. Uh, I'm not sure if do you, do you guys have like what price point would it need to be to get you guys to to go to it? That is a very good question, actually. I I do think you know if if someone said to me if I me and like my girlfriend went and we knew it was two days, I'd probably be happy going. Yeah, you know what? It is this very unique thing. I probably would end up considering going up to like you said around two thousand or something. But um, even then. 
if the option was to spend a week in Orlando or something instead, I'd probably still choose the latter. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think at the current price point, I mean, personally, um, yeah, I think I'd be around about the $2,000, I guess, you know. I think I'd consider it. I think for, for us, as a UK guest, you've got to think about the fact that you know, you're gonna be going. You're gonna be going to Florida, and you're probably gonna be going for two weeks at least. You know, some people go for three weeks. You're not gonna fly over there just to spend two days on a Galactic Star Cruiser. I don't think anyway. So the only way it could make sense for a UK guest is that it can be factored in to what you're spending already. So um, if there was an option, for example, I don't know. So let's say there was a package. Um, so going back to the olden days, what this might look like is we're staying at Coronado Springs. We've got free dining uh, for the 14 days. We've got park tickets and all of that could cost for two of us. Uh, could easily cost what, like, you know, £3,000, £3,500, you know, something like that. But what if they said, well, how about for for £5,000, we'll also include... You know the Galactic Star Cruiser, you know, as part of the package, because you'll kind of you'll save on those two days that you're not occupying Coronado Springs. Because what they could do is, they could take you out of your room, move your luggage, move it back, all that kind of stuff. At that point, I'd be thinking, actually, do you know what this this kind of makes sense? Like, I I, I could I could do that, um, but as as it stands, it just seems too much of a hassle, <laughs> and for a UK guest. I just don't think it makes any sense at all. I think that's absolutely spot on. If they did that, then that would be an easy way. And also, if they took care of all of the, you know, the transfers, all your luggage will just appear at the right places where, whenever it needs to, you know, be transferred to your new hotel, it'll it'll just happen. And they might do that anyway. But if it's part of a package, you you assume that's going to happen. You don't need to do much more research. So yeah, if like for a family a holiday, two weeks in a Disney hotel, if it's like ten grand. If it was twelve grand with everything included, including you know the the Star Cruiser and everything I needed, yeah. So if you're listening, Disney, um, because all the other parks listen and they get all their ideas, main, mainly garden centre related ideas. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's what they come to theme park loop for for the theme for the garden centre related ideas. However, if you want a package holiday related idea for Disney World. There you go. We've we've solved it for you. Yeah, I don't think a garden centre would work. There's no windows. <laughs> but what if they what if they found a way for you to grow your own intergalactic Star Wars garden? Hey, <laughs> Star Wars I'm garden. in, and you can have my six grand. <laughs> <laughs> the, do you know there, there is actually technically a Star Wars garden at the Galactic Star Cruiser because they have an outdoor simulator. So you can actually go basically on on part of the building that doesn't have a roof, uh, and it's obviously we know it is actually, you know, really outside. But they say it's a simulator. So if you want to get some fresh air, you can, and I suppose that is a Star Wars garden. So I suppose it does kind of exist. I don't think you can buy the plants though. So you know, maybe that'll be next. I just now imagine Ryan. Right, he's checking into the hotel. He's you know flown up into the space. He goes in. There's some sort of, you know, actor there with a ready to serve him drinks and begin his adventure. And he goes, so where's the Star Wars garden then? That's what I come here for. Show me the Star Wars garden. 
that's all I'm interested. You know, I've paid my five grand. I want that Star Wars garden. I want got, what's going on. <laughs> you got your you got your rosemary growing in there. All right, how you do that then? <laughs> I need to know what's in this garden. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to Google that now as we as we're talking. You can Google Star Wars Garden. Um, right. Okay. So, but very quickly then. So th- this all being said, as a concept, I think everyone agreed when this was first announced. I think everyone agreed that this is a pretty cool concept. You know, to have an immersive experience. Uh, you're basically in this hotel for a couple of days. It kind of feels like in the UK. I don't know if this is a thing in the rest of the world. Um, but there are some similar kind of experiences in the UK, like, for example, the hotel that they used for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. They do an event for a couple of days and you, you kind of basically cosplaying the Rocky Horror Picture Show in the hotel. So that's pretty cool. And also they do think we do have like murder mystery events and things like that in, in the UK. Maybe you have that elsewhere as well. There is also something in the UK uh, called, uh, and this is in the Cotswolds, and this is right up my street, and it's called the Pudding Club. And the Pudding Club, basically what happens is, is that you spend the night there in this hotel in the Cotswolds, and you can have a room themed around your favourite pudding. So you can have the Spotted Dick Room or the Treacle Tart Room, and I think they have like a chocolate sponge room or something as well. So you can have that. Then basically what happens is that you go down to the dining room in the evening. You have a very light starter, uh, uh, you know, uh, an appetizer, if you will. And then you are then served with uh, a variety of puddings. I think it's like nine puddings. And they kind of bring them out one by one and they have a parade of the puddings. And like, da-da-da-da-da, this is the spotted dick, da-da-da-da. And then you're like, oh, very good. Is that the official song they use or...? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Okay, um, and then piece by piece, you have you have a bit of pudding. So that's called the pudding club. So that's kind of like an immersive experience, but it involves you know pudding, like you know treacle sponge and things like that. That's kind of like a very British immersive experience, I think. Um, however, so all this being said, do we think that if Alton Towers or Fort Park or you know Blackpool Pleasure Beach, for example, decided to build a hotel or turn one of their existing hotels into a themed immersive experience. Would that something that you would be interested in? Something that you'd really be keen to visit? It depends on the actual, um, I guess, the overall experience and, and what the angle was on it. Uh, I guess you could say themed hotels like CBB's Land Hotel or whatever they call it uh, is very, you know, everything in there is themed and there's shows and meet and greets on throughout the day. I guess you could kind of say that was an overall experience, but probably not to the same degree um i don't i don't know if i'm allowed to say this i don't know if i've been told to not say this out loud or not um but there may be a new alton towers hotel on its way i have heard but i don't know if that's just a rumor or not a garden is it a garden center themed hotel yeah of course it is because they yeah because they've listened to us but uh no i don't know if i'm allowed to say it but sod it um yeah, it could potentially be in the park. Ooh, it sounds interesting. I don't, I don't know how true it is. I don't know if I'm even allowed to say that out loud. <laughs> but, but I have heard. I'm not sure if, if whether I've just made that up or not. That would be amazing. I mean, imagine that you get to stay inside 
like the actual theme park um and at that point if you did have that uh, the op that option does that then open up the floor to Alton Towers looking to become a 365 uh theme park and be able to enter the park at night and and therefore would the off would there be a nighttime offering would there be a section of the park open for nighttime riding because even that only really happens you know not that often what for for scarefest and fireworks so we're talking maybe five weeks out of the year you get late night riding on very odd occasions so if they were to able to offer that i think that'd be a really cool selling point and then i mean you know am i the only one here that's thinking projection mapping show on the towers themselves and and so come stay at our luxury you know in park hotel do some night riding exclusive night riding and watch just for you all staying at this hotel watch our projection mapping show on the towers what a package that would be sam I, i'm having a bit of deja vu here because i'm pretty sure <laughs> that we had an episode when uh, the future of fort park and alton towers probably mm. back in 2020 did we not say exactly the same thing that they could if they re-renovated tower street so they had like a bit of an indoor ride section and then right. maybe had a hotel and then they could have that part as a kind of 365 you know yeah. kind of um you know opportunity maybe right so so from memory i think we were talking about the idea of like a downtown disney like to to because we were saying i think one of the issues with alton towers is yes there's live music but there's not that much in the evenings to do um for you know hotel guests like if you've eaten once you've eaten in the Roman coast restaurant or perhaps you're not eating in the Roman coast restaurant you know the music kind of happens and then that's kind of it so i think we were discussing ways to enhance the kind of overall package of the resort area of towers um and i think we talked about a downtown disney kind of style and then i think that then merged into this idea of what if they opened up a section of the park or hadn't yeah like a indoor coaster that they, that could be open all year round and then that would become that would at least kind of be a unique uh resort offering or like year-round offering yeah you're right we definitely spoke about this because i have a strong memory of it because didn't yeah. we even speak about them doing up tower street to become a, a sort of a nighttime promenade of mm. um shops and bars and such yeah yeah well that was the idea wasn't it so we'd, we'd have that as like an outdoor area would have a bit of an indoor area there'd be a, a hotel somewhere where you'd stay and then obviously that'd be your you'd have people from that hotel but you'd also it'd also be somewhere for people from the other hotels to go because that's that's one thing about alton towers is that i suppose if you're staying in the main hotel there is like a bar and stuff but it's all quite old-fashioned in it in the way that it works you know there's like a bar that might have a bit of a turn on or something it's not you know it it's okay but it's not, you know, is it, is it, you know, really what you'd want from kind of like a magical uh, adventure away from home? Maybe not.
contact Sam on uh, Coaster Sam blog XXX to DM and chill right now. No. No, you cannot. So, from a galaxy far, far away to a county not so far away, what have you been up to, Brett? Because I believe, you, like you were saying earlier, you've been up to your haunted hotel. So do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about it and how maybe um, what you've seen so far? And uh, also, you're not just staying in a hotel, are you? It's also an opportunity to star in your very own YouTube videos uh, and all that. So do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about it? Sure, yeah, from from one immersive hotel to technically another uh, on a very different yeah. <laughs> in a very different budget. concept and budget. Um doesn't doesn't cost 6,000 pounds a night though, so that's that's a plus. So am am I one up Disney yet or or can I save that for later? I bet you can say that. Okay, good. So I I guess I'll probably start from the beginning where I used to do um it's in the King's Head in Chester. It's a 400-year-old building, and I used to do scare attractions there. I did an overnight hotel-based scare attraction. It was one of the first in the country, and the way we kind of did it uh, was was very unique at the time. Uh, Jump ahead nearly 10 years later, and the owner comes back to me and says, hey, I've got this idea, my haunted hotel, and that was my brief. So I didn't really have much to go off. He had an idea of what he wanted to do. And over lockdown, he actually put 16 different cameras all around the building, in all the hotel rooms, because the hotels had then closed, obviously due to COVID. Um, He went, I'm not going to open the hotel anymore. There's so much paranormal activity happening here that I want to just capture it all on cameras. During that, he then had this idea of what about having you know, maybe a, a show out of it. Um, you know, is there is there something we could live stream events and stuff? So eventually we came to the concept of having an immersive overnight paranormal experience, which are four words I had to mash together to describe what my haunted hotel is, because technically it doesn't exist outside of this one thing in Chester. You can do ghost hunts and you tend to turn up in a big group of people. You'll split off into groups of five and ten. You do your two to three hours worth of ghost hunt. If something happens, great. If something doesn't, oh well. And you go home and it. you can have great nights. There's nothing wrong with a, a ghost hunt as they exist already. But I was determined to do something completely unique that hasn't been done before. Because I really like to make work for myself. So we basically thought, let's actually make a TV show out of it, but make the guest, the people saying, kind of the star of the show. So we made a YouTube channel, which is just My Haunted Hotel on YouTube, and started getting bookings. And the whole night is recorded from 9 o'clock at night till around 2 a.m. is when you have the option to turn the cameras off after the, the proper investigation has finished. If you want to keep the cameras on uh, because you believe that something might show up at the bottom of your bed in the middle of the night and you want to capture that on camera, great. And then what we do is we put all of the highlights into a weekly episode which is edited by an actual TV paranormal investigator called Danny Moss. 
he is such an incredible paranormal investigator. He actually came with uh, his TV show and I ended up watching it back on the cameras that were in all the rooms. And as soon as I'd seen him, I was like, this guy needs to join us because he, he understood the immersive side of it as well. It's been very hard to distance what I do in scare attractions to what I'm now doing, which is 100% real. None of it is faked or anything. So we ha- kind of have to let it happen. But you go into your room, you are alone in your room in two to maybe three people. You are then directed in how to conduct your investigation through radios we contact you there's loads of high-tech equipment around the building you then get taken out of your room and go around the building performing these experiments and so far it's been a pretty cool experience and every night we've had something really interesting happen obviously I can't usually get away from uh, from the kids. They, they have to come with me. I'm assuming this is an adults-only kind of experience. We have recommended 18 and over. That generally is the... Because obviously it is scary. Um, even when nothing happens. Uh, on Tuesday, we had a woman who was down in the cellar and there was this loud, loud bang. Uh, we still don't know what it was. But it turned, we think it was actually the, one of the generators down there released a lot of uh, gas that it builds up or something. And uh, it, it wasn't paranormal, but it was very scary. And she ended up like running and screaming. So yeah, it is scary. We do recommend people be over 18. Um, so far, we haven't had anyone turn up with kids. I can't imagine that's something that's ever going to happen, but... I might just do it just to throw you off. It would be interesting. That is true. I, I have had one email that has asked, can you bring children? Um, to which I obviously just replied saying, we, we recommend that it is over 18. Um, I don't think we will have children coming because I don't really know that many people anyway that take their children to hunt ghosts. It's for parents who don't necessarily get along with their kids. Oh, oh, is this a is this an untapped market I haven't quite spotted yet? Absolutely. Oh. It's it's do what I say, do your homework, or we're going to that haunted hotel that trauma will, will definitely traumatise oh, you. Oh, in that case, you've got a free pass by all means. Yeah, say so you've been on to me, um, and and Brett will send you to the hotel. Um, you you've got a pass on me for that. <laughs> Brett, I <clears throat> I love you and I support you with my whole heart, uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, and all that jazz. But um, you would not be able to pay me enough money to stay in that hotel. I mean, even just when I, when we were watching you go through the design process, and you sent me this like video of you like painting the like Slenderman style room with all like the shadows creeping up the side. And the dolls, I mean, that would just, it would just send me off. I mean, I think the room, the way the rooms are decked out is terrifying enough that I, it just, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep. I don't, I'd just come up in a ball and, and panic that I was just going to be just, just, just completely devoured by some sort of entity. It's, it's so, <laughs> so scary. Even just from the videos and the things that you sent me, um, I'd love to go during the day, 
but I just wouldn't. I just, I don't. I mean, I don't think I could stay unless, unless I had some. I don't know what it would take. Do I we actually have don't to know. reschedule, Ryan? Do we have to reschedule next week's podcast to not in the hotel then? <laughs> yeah, well, we were going to share a room, Sam. Uh, like, would you not? Would you not in a spoon with me? Well, you know, no, you... if if I had someone to spin with, I think I'd be all right, because um, at least there they'd like be able to hold me. But then a part of me would also panic that the person I'd turn around and the person that was spinning <laughs> me would like, you know, like, it's that classic horror movie, um, like narrative that you would see of a person getting hugged and they're like, oh, so nice to have you, whatever. And then they're like, and like spinning the person, they turn around and it's like, <laughs> their face is like well, all changed. Oof. Do you get? Do you guys remember Twilight Zone the movie? It was like in the eighties. I I don't know, but I was actually going to mention the Twilight Zone because I was thinking, wouldn't like the Twilight Zone uh, hotel in uh, Florida be an amazing actual hotel? Agreed. Wow, Agreed. Yeah. Well, there is there. I I don't know if this is right or not, but I did uh, because the one in Florida is the original one, uh, and and so the 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 way it's designed is different. It, it's designed is a little bit more uh, complex because the lifts move uh, differently uh, to what they did in in California, which is weird because the one in California opened later and then closed, etc. However, I did um, hear on, uh, and it's probably on a video or something that I watched, that I think originally, and like the Imagineers do, they always come up with these massive concepts, don't they? And I think originally they did actually want it to be, uh, you know, a working hotel. And I, I think that might have been before they decided it was going to be a lift, you know, drop tower attraction, perhaps. Um, but yeah, there was some talk about that. And I once also watched a video um and and uh, the person who was doing the video she used to work for disney and i think she used to work in one of the restaurants uh close by uh the hollywood like strip area that they have in the park and apparently she used, she used to get asked all the time uh from guests who used to say how do i how do i check into to that hotel over there <laughs> And she's like, "Oh, I, I don't know. You have to go and uh, have a look." Uh, so, so it's funny that some people who actually actually do think it is actually a hotel, and and maybe in another universe, maybe maybe it's it, it was going to be a new hotel, a different hotel. So, yeah. So that's a shame, but yeah, it would be good. Now that that would be a my kind of scan level personally like i certainly creepy because you know they like to mix it up you know the paris the paris version of that attraction is definitely more scary than the other variations we've got around the world um but i think that's something that would that really would go bananas and sell out everywhere if they if they made it so that you could stay overnight in the hollywood tower hotel and you could have a kind of um golden age of hollywood immersive immersive adventure and and imagine imagine if you a part of the adventure was you got to be there on the night when the when the hotel got struck by lightning right so all of those all of those stories that you see of the people that have just vanished but everything's still left in place so like the person playing um i can't remember the name it's like dominoes but with um uh it's like that Domino's game, but it's it's not Domino's. 
I can't remember what it's called. The person that was playing that that was just left, or the the man with the with this briefcase and his cane and his and his you know where did he go? And obviously the 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 little girl and and the butler and and the, the other kind of family members where did they go? You know what I mean? All those things that that are there and the remnants of are still in the lobby, but you could actually be a part of those interactions the night. And then what happens when the, when it got struck by lightning? You know what would happen then in the in the experience? Yeah, that that would be amazing. Um, yeah, the Disneyland Paris version. Yeah, it's funny they've actually made it quite terrifying now. However, it's also hilarious at the same time because um, the you know the story with the the little girl and she's like I can't remember what she's saying. She's like she's like saying you know come with us and and stuff like that. And uh, when when we went on it um, because the first time we went on it was before they changed it that year, and then we went on it again later that year. And then they changed it over. And this girl was on the ride. She was absolutely terrified. <laughs> However, what I found really funny is at the end, the little girl, when it when the ride ends, she then goes, na, 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 na. <laughs> I just like burst out laughing. I just thought it was really funny. Um, but this girl was absolutely terrified. It's funny is that, um, yeah, Disneyland Paris one is, it is a lot scarier, isn't it, than the, than the Florida version. Especially now with the you know the additional stories, um, and I don't know if that's something that they can do at the Florida version or not because of the way they operate. So I don't know whether they can come out with these individualized stories or not, like they've done over in Paris. But yeah, it is good. Cool. Okay. Well, I think I think that probably brings us to the end of the episode uh, today. Um, we've had a, a good a good chat. I think we've set the worlds to right. I think we've given some people some more garden centre ideas, maybe. Um, I, I do need to tell you a little story, though, because I think I actually had the most Yorkshire experience I've ever had uh, the other day. Because there's a little cafe up on a, on a hill, and I kind of walk up to the top of this hill, and then there's like a cafe there. And uh, I did a walk, and I had a cup of tea, and then I came back, and I got some takeaway cake to take back with me. So I was walking back down the hill, back to the car, and this guy walked up to me, walking his dog, he's like going, he goes, "Hey lad, have you got a bit of a bit of something for your supper later, lad?" And I'm like, "No, I've got some some cake. I'm just gonna take some cake." Goes, goes, "Oh, I lad, uh, I do enjoy a bit of cake." Because, yeah. I heard a rumour that there's some corned beef slab on offer up on the top of that hill. <laughs> and I was like, aye, and it's got it's got some caramelised onion. It was oh, caramelised onion. I'm going to go and take a bit of that. And he just kind of walked off. And I, <laughs> I thought, this actually is the most Yorkshire experience I've had, ever had. Because I do consider myself to be reasonably Yorkshire. But I think having a conversation on top of a hill about corned beef slab and where to get it from feels like quite a Yorkshire thing to do so I just thought I'd share that with you because I know that you like my Yorkshire based stories so. that 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 has been my favorite part of this entire <laughs> <laughs> I love all of your your random Yorkshire I feel every every time we record there's another Yorkshire adventure you've been on it, it's all action in Yorkshire it's all action it's all action all action and whippets that's all it is <laughs> I can I can pin it down. My favourite bit wasn't even the the story as a whole, was the fact that somehow your fake Yorkshire accent is less Yorkshire than you are. <laughs> yeah, than your actual accent. 
yeah. I think I it's it's about time for theme park Yorkshire, isn't it? I think the world oh, has, yeah. has gotten to the point where we're we're ready. Yes, yes, yeah. Yorkshire theme park. I think that might be a future episode, Dan. I think I think we need to have a think about what would be in Yorkshire theme park. I think. When we went to Blackpool, though, Charlie did talk a lot about Barnsley Pleasure Beach, which <laughs> I <do>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's somewhere where we want to go or not. <laughs> but I'd be, I'd be very interested about what would be at Barnsley Pleasure Beach. <laughs> I think there'd be some interesting stuff going on. <laughs> I think it's great. I think Actually, can that please be a future episode? Yorkshire, the theme park. You know what I mean? And we each have to come up. Okay, here's an idea. We each have to come up with one, like, one coaster of any of any description, one dark ride or flat, one restaurant, and one merchant, piece of merchandise or merchandise location. And we each have to come up with one thing each. And then we'll oh, do, like, a so round good. robin. That's a really good idea. Except all of mine have Yorkshire puddings in. So it's like Yorkshire put in the roller coaster, Yorkshire put in teacups, a Yorkshire put in restaurant. I, I okay, I'm gonna have to think about this. I, well, I've had an amazing idea already, right? So a Yorkshire tea drop ride where you get to try and drink your Yorkshire tea during the ride. With all the tea yes. bag like dropping into the mug. Oh yes, <laughs> that's perfect. Okay, that's this is already that would so you good. a lot less than my idea. And then oh. you have um, and then you have the yeah, you could even have the the Yorkshire Tetley man, couldn't you? From he, he could be a mascot. He oh. could be like the he could be the sculpted character walking around as the as <laughs> the Tetley man brilliant. from <laughs> just going hey, up, lad, all right, how are you? Have a cup of tea. That's the first thing you get given. You don't get given your ticket. You just get given a cup of tea. Hey, <laughs> or up, do you cut the cup? Of, no, the cup of tea is the ticket. <laughs> and you have to scan your cup of tea against against the barriers when you go in. And then when but when your cup of tea's run out, you're not allowed on any rides anymore. <laughs> so you just have to constantly <laughs> keep sipping your tea. And there's that tea instead of <laughs> instead of having one of those. <laughs> so I'm gonna get out eventually. Instead of having one of those refill like you know coke refill things, you have a you have a tea refill. Just in this mug. You'd have to pay extra for a refill. I mean, because you, your cup of tea is basically like, you know, your old ticket book, in it? You know, that you would have had back in the day at Blackpool and, and Disney even, you know. So the, the slower that you sip your tea, the more rides you can get on. But then the real challenge is that you've actually got to keep hold of your cup of tea on the rides. <laughs> You see see people flying around like, you know, spinning teacups, all sort of holding on to a a, a teacup and saucer, you know, flying around. I think it would have to be stopped quite quick after all the concussions from from people getting teacups slammed into the temples. (laughs) But do you know what, though? This would actually work, like, as, as a commodity because... You think if you think about it, the more raucous extreme rides you went on, you're going to lose more tea, right? But the more kiddie rides you go on, you, you you could go on more because you're going to lose less tea. So it's quite a good way of like managing the crowd, you know. So you either can only go on, you know, a few of the roller coasters, or you could go on a wide selection of family rides. So it would actually manage the crowds really well. <laughs> I could just imagine. Your I can imagine walking in. And someone not entirely knowing how this system works, holding their cup of tea and going, it's not raining, why is the floor so wet? <laughs> it's just tea. 
Yeah, yeah. It's got to be. I, I, a, I like it. We like got to make that a future episode. Generally, York, Yorkshire, the theme park. Yeah, and all the staff will have to wear flat caps, but um, I imagine the staff will be really grumpy because Sam will obviously be walking around and harassing them about where the nearest bin is. Um, and, if, <laughs> and, if, and if there is, oh no, where's the trash, trash can? I mean, if you, you can't say trash can in Yorkshire, the blight. They're like, what, what, lad? What? Trash can. Get yourself back across the pond, lad. Yeah, that's, that's... the thing. I, that still bugs me to this very day when you walk around a theme park and there is not a trash can in sight because they should oh. be everywhere. And I'm just, you just have endless amounts of rubbish on you. I mean, you just, and you've got nowhere to put it. I mean, it, when did it get absolutely outrageous? I literally, oh, so I, when I was, um, when I was back on the on the on the on the Disney Dream, and we we for some reason on cruise ships, um, uh, <laughs> trash cans are really hard to find. I don't know why they are. And there was one point where I knew where one singular trash can was, and I had about three bits of trash that I'd consumed and collected around my ramblings and, and running around the the ship that day. And um, I, <laughs> I knew where this one trash can was, and it was at the very back of the ship. So I went all the way over to this one trash, and it boom, and it moved. And I said, "Where's the trash can that was here?" And they said, "Oh, we took it away." And I said, "So is it behind the bar?" And they went, "No." And I said, "So where am I supposed?" They said, "I don't know. You're going to find a trash can." And I said, "Well, there is no trash cans in this place." <laughs> right. Okay. I so, had to I mean, apologise you... to two members of staff at Alton Towers the other week. Because he kept oh, no. he kept saying trash can, oh. and we were getting weird looks. He kept saying trash can. I bet you were. And I was like, I'm I'm sorry about him. He spent a lot of time in, in America. It, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I mean, at least at least the Yorkshire theme park. They'll all be full of tea bags. What this? <laughs> it's a local park for local people. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Exactly. What a tagline. <laughs> it's that is actually a local park for local people. Yorkshire the theme park. Come on, yeah. lad. Come on down. Yeah, and if, you, if you're from Lancashire, get yourself back across the Pennines. You're not welcome. Oh, anyway, right, okay, so let's wrap this up then. Uh, and, and yeah, let's do a future episode about... But if, if you have an opinion about Yorkshire, the theme park, send us an email at themeparkloopy at gmail.com. Please actually do email me because nobody emails me. So send me an email. I'd love an email. You know, it's just, I'll, I'll talk to you. It's just an empty Gmail account that's been sat there in the one hope that you get an email and then the occasional one you do is just sort of some promotional messages message yeah. from Google. I know. I'm gonna I, sign I know. Ryan up to so much spam. <laughs> Every site I come to now is Ryan's email address. There you go. So themepartloopy at gmail dot com. Uh, please email me and, and seriously seriously do please email me um so um brett uh remind us where people can find you on the interwebs i've not done this in so long uh you can find all my like theme park related stuff on the theme parks by brett on instagram otherwise i'm brett jones on everything else and and if you guys want to check out any more about my haunted hotel uh the website is myhauntedhotel.com and it's my haunted hotel on instagram facebook and as of today tiktok because because I'm cool like that. Nice. I like it. Uh, theme Park Looper is on TikTok, but 
because I'm a millennial, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. So there's some stuff on there, but I don't know what's going on. So I've given up. Um, Dan, um, do you do you have a, a presence these days? What What's the deal at the moment? Yeah, so no, not really. I mean, to be honest, I've just sacked it in for like a year, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. But at some point, there will be another YouTube channel, and it will be more fun than my old YouTube channel. So I can only say prepare yourself. And that's a tricky one because your YouTube channel was very fun. So to be even more fun, I mean, it's going to be the most fun channel on YouTube, I think. You know, that's that's the risk. Um, <laughs> Sam, uh, remind us where, where we can find you. If you want some fun uh, theme park content, you can go on Coaster Sam blog on Instagram. And we even do our very own theme park trivia on there, which we haven't done for at least a solid year, but that will be coming back at some point when I have some more time. So, uh, Coast of Sandblog on Instagram and check out our IGTV there as well for a lot of our our, our game show content as well. The the only thing I need to know though, Sam, um, are you still open to DM and chill? <laughs> oh my god, no, no. Oh my god, not. I forgot about but... that. <laughs> <laughs> However, if <laughs> if you did want to drop me a DM, you can drop me a DM. Uh, no chilling will be involved, um, but uh, it's always lovely to hear from, I guess, different Coaster fans. So yeah, you know, just find me on Instagram, Coaster Sam blog, <laughs> for all your all your Coaster Sam. If you would like to DM and chill, Updates. you can contact Sam on oh. Coaster Sam blog XXX to DM and chill right now. No. <laughs> No, you cannot. I do not do that, please. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's. What I've said my bit. I'm gonna go. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and um, if you want to um, DM some pictures of just burgers, is is also open to that as well. Um, so theme park loopy, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. We are on TikTok, but I don't know what's going on over there. So follow if you want um and yeah uh, we have got a website as well where we do uh blog every now and then but i haven't i haven't done it for a while but um in terms of the podcast you can find us everywhere you know we're on itunes we're on spotify hopefully listening to one of those channels right now but if you do enjoy the shows uh then please uh do leave us a review or, or leave us um some sort of rating or something like that you can do that on spotify now they've just got ratings on there now um also remember to click the subscribe button and it really helps because it means that people can find the show we've found recently we've 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 had a, a few more reviews that have appeared uh on youtube or ratings uh we've had quite a few more uh subscribers on spotify and it really seems to help the 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 show kind of snowball in terms of the listeners uh, that we're reaching. So if you enjoy the show and and you want to support the show, then you know please do uh, consider that. But if not, just just enjoy the shows, and we're here to entertain you. Um, so thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back again very soon with a new episode, and we'll see you again real soon. <laughs>